welcome to the Justin Meyer, Justin Salem Meyer Photography Pop <laughs> Photography Podcast. I'm Justin Meyer. I'm sitting here the, this afternoon with Austin Day. What's Hello. up, man? How are you? We are at my uh, high school chill spot. Uh, I've always wanted to do this. I always wanted to record the podcast in the car because um, I spend so much of my time in the car driving around, and I spent a lot of my time in the car driving around with Austin over the years. Um, so we are sitting in my Chevy Malibu over at uh, Sailorville Lake, overlooking the the lake on the reservoir, watching eagles fight. So that's representative of this podcast is what we're going for. <laughs> um, but uh, Austin goes by uh, your website, at least is Austin Heiler. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, Austin's a photographer here in Des Moines. Uh, let's start a little bit about you. Tell us about yourself. Um, Give me the basics of the brand, who you are, basics, what you shoot. That basics kind of, of the brand. Um, I shoot on Nikon. I guess that's a big thing people probably want to hear. <laughs> um, what else? I don't know. You do weddings, what else do you, you do, do, yeah, do portraits. Weddings, what do you do? Portraits. I do weddings, um, portraits, some family stuff, even though I don't tell people about that. <laughs> um, and then commercial work stuff with smaller businesses bigger businesses okay so yeah and um you're also teaching yes i teach at dmac in the photography program okay. i teach their um portrait classes so just how do we take pictures of people awesome um how long you've been shooting for um pretty much i think since about 2011 ish okay kind of when i mean we I shot my first wedding with you after meeting you Which is, a week earlier. We'll so, get into that. Yeah. It's so yeah. funny because I feel like when we met, I had been doing it, but you knew more than me. <laughs> like, I always kind of defined it that, like, you were a better photographer than me, even though I, I've i always been a better salesman than a photographer. Yeah. And I feel like you've always been a better photographer than a salesman. Um, so, yeah, that, okay. So Austin and I met, my side of the story is I was going, or I'm, I still go, going to Walnut Creek uh, Church downtown, and I look and I see this guy sitting in the very back row by himself, and I went up and said, hey dude, I'm Justin, uh, you know, what do you do? And you were like, I think, what I remember you saying was like, uh, I'm a photographer, I love to fly fish, and we were like at church together, and I was like. It was like the um, <laughs> Nacho Libre, like, like everything that you like to do yes. is my favorite <laughs> yes. too. You know? yes. So it was like I, I was like, uh, did we just become best friends? Because and then do you remember what we did after super church? into fly fishing. No, would you go to Abelardo's or no? What? We went to the Cheesecake Factory and ate cheesecake. There we go. It was yeah. great. That's I remember exactly. that. It was really and, good. And then I had a wedding a week later in Michigan uh, for my friends Nick and Elise. And I needed a second shooter. You had like just moved back to town, uh-huh. and I was like, "Well, do you want to just like come shoot this wedding? We're all driving in my suburban over there." And you're the only person I had met who would be in that <laughs> suburban. Correct. So it's just all of us. Just I mean, it was like I feel like the one it was person like thirteen who... or fourteen people that oh, went yeah. between my suburban and another car or two, and then we just slept on the floor of some of the bride's parents' house. Oh yeah. I mean, it made absolutely no sense, nope. but we just did it. 
I think the person that would appreciate being called out on this one is it was the first time I met Ryan Way as well. Oh yeah, so, and yeah. he's an avid listener, one of mm-hmm. one of fours of people who listen to the podcast. <laughs> so yeah, we met Ryan, um, and then pretty much from there on, yeah. you shot every wedding with me that I shot for like three years. Yeah, we just we took, did everything. We just took all the pictures, and together. then we would go fly fishing together, and so uh, I. At least my side of the story, too, is that, like, we just kept shooting together, and eventually, I didn't fire you, but I was like, we don't need to do this anymore, because you were just doing the, you just shot everything that I shot, but, like, just over yeah. 15 degrees, and so yeah. it was like, well, it I don't need the group shot pointless from right over there, and I, I don't think you ever, I think you were always capable of being a second shooter, but at least for me, I wasn't trying to, like help you become a second shooter. I was trying to help you become a primary shooter. And so it, I didn't want you to go somewhere else and shoot something different. I wanted you to see what I was doing so then you could do what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And then now you are uh, one of my peers, uh, occasionally one of my competitors, <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So whatever we kind of did, it kind of worked, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But um, you have always been technically better than me um you've always understood film your exposures are better your color is better you know um you're a better technical photographer than i am like hands down um so i like this next question that i ask everybody but i want you i'd like to hear it in this context of like what what's your style i don't i think i don't know that's a good question because i as much as anyone hate not hate maybe that's a strong word i just i don't want to be trendy i think i think that like in 20 years when you look back at whatever trendy photography was going on you might you're going to be a little disappointed and i'd rather it be like just good if that makes sense and so i think that's in my mind what i go for and i mean you mentioned like shooting film i really like shooting film everything at home i try to like I'm trying to shoot my daughter's whole life on the same Leica and then can hand her that camera in That's 40 so years cool. or whatever. you know what I mean? Like That's something so like that cool. sounds su- super cool to me. So, and I always shoot Portra 400. And so I think if I were going to say that, like I'm trying to be, to emulate something or, or stylistically be somewhere, I think it would like be to look like film a little bit, Got it. Um, but not, as in the hashtag looks like film because none of that looks like film. So, yeah. Fair. Okay. Um, and then, I mean, this is this is a little bit technical, but so you, your current gear setup, mm-hmm. you're on DA50s. Yep. You're, you got this, like, uh, yep. favorite lenses or what else? Uh, what else favorite lens will be the 58mm 1.4 oh, from yeah, Nikon. You, like, you guys like that. It's so soft, it's good. Yeah. It just, yeah, it's just the best lens. Um, personal, I don't know, it's just my favorite. Note, I don't like that lens. Yeah. But I love it that you like it. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Uh, that's probably what's on my camera most of the time. Okay. I do like, um, I do like the 105 1.4 from Nikon. It's a very, very nice lens as well, but I don't think it's. To me, that I don't want to say like cheating, but it's in my mind, it's like using the seventy to two hundred, where 
you can look at a picture and say that was shot with a 70 to 200. That's you fair. know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, you were just telling me you got out of Alien Bees and you're shooting with Godox on the mm-hmm. lights. Godox or Flashpoint. Okay. They're just cheaper. Yeah. And work very easily, simply, and yeah, it's just better than trying to have a battery pack with a power cord. I think both you and I would agree that, like, I want to be a great photographer, and so you would never be like, well, is Annie Leibovitz, is she a natural light photographer? Mm -hmm. It's like, no, no, they're just people, it seems like when you get, it seems like the people that are really good, it doesn't matter how they get their light, they just have good light. Right. And so I don't, um... You, you were very good with light, but I don't know that you were like, well, I may, you know, I, you don't try to light every single portrait you ever take no. with exterior lighting or something like that. No. But if something needs it, you know how to supplement. Right. But I never want it to look strangely lit. You know what totally. I mean? Yeah. Totally. And just like, I think that's 100% accurate. I don't want it to, I want it to look natural, I guess is what yeah. I always am asking myself in my head like does this look natural do you have like a a brand position statement or like a you know like a creative brief that kind of drives like for me mine is like just clearly like beauty first I just I know that nobody like the way that I see the world and how I want to categorize photos is that like I would take a picture of something when it's amazing like I don't when I'm driving around and it's like oh wow it's so dreary today I'm not like I need to take a photo to remember this. But, like, even if it's going to be a terrible photo on my phone, if there's a dope sunset, I still am like, ooh, I mm-hmm. should take a picture of that with my phone, even though it's going to look horrible. So, like, I I just, everything that, my first priority with photography is beauty. Mm-hmm. Do you have any sort of, like, I mean, you just said you want it to look natural. I feel like that yeah. is a signature in a lot of your work. I think. Do you have other kind of either words or thoughts on how how you shoot, stuff that I, guides you? We've talked about it in the past a little bit, and like you, I'm sure you'll have words to this as well. But like, just I just I want to take the best photo I can in that situation. And eight years ago, that was trying to take the best picture possible outside of the American Legion in a town of 800 people. You know what I mean? So it's like, where's the best light, and where's the best angle, and how can I make this look like? it's as good as it possibly was and I don't I like not that everyone else tries to um I don't know fake things or make it look different I just want to do the best I can with what I have in front of me and I think that comes back to the idea that like everyone knows everyone knows who they are and it's my job to take the best picture of that person as they are yeah so I think that's like what I always come back to and that applies too to like tabletops or still lifes that we do for clients where you know one of our favorite clients is they want shadows and they need shadows the right way and the my wife will be like oh no this is that looks great but I'll still want to like move something you know to make it as good as I can but yeah so let's get into that so you married Lauren, yes, amazing girl. Yes, but she's involved in the biz as well. Yeah, she came from the world of magazines. Um, she's been a writer for quite a while for 
pretty cool things like Design Sponge and um, other pretty big companies and, and whatnot. And so she, uh, we both just are freelance now and have clients together and she'll be uh, the stylist, art director on set, tell me what to do and have me shoot everything that way. So we get to work together a lot, which is super awesome. Yeah, she's good like at what she does. Crazy ace in your sleeve. Yes, I um, think I think the one thing that is super cool about that is like I've gotten jobs I shouldn't have because of her, and she's gotten jobs. You know what I mean? That yeah, like because side. of my yeah. side. So it's been super cool to like have that collaboration where we just like both can pull stuff in. I think too, it just it elevates your work. We're at a. I think the market is saturated with photographers that go after the low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. And that is like the easy work. Like, so you go grab a family and you meet up at a park and you take those pictures. And those are wonderful. But if you want to elevate that, it's just harder to do more than that with one person. Mm-hmm. So you either need a stylist mm-hmm. or extra lighting or like you need some other component. And so having your wife, who's an incredible stylist, among other things, just good taste, mm-hmm. I think is. is helps out your work so you can you can offer this as like a little bit more of a team yep i would experience rather than like just some dude showing up going solo right i wouldn't have i wouldn't have the majority of the opportunities i have now if it wasn't for her well that's awesome um with that like what's the like what's the goal like what's the if if you were going to call me freaking out about the, you know, the biggest job you've booked or something like that. What would that be for you? Hmm. I don't know, man. That's a good question. I think I don't, I think I'm different than a lot of people. I know, I know there's people who are like, I want to work for this brand or I want to go do this thing for this company and, and whatnot. But I just, I just feel like it's just good to be here. You've, I, I say that a lot, but like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just really, I enjoy doing a variety of things, if that makes sense. And so, like, I love shooting for Midwest Living Magazine. I love shooting for um, Mowgli. Like, just all those different things. It's just super fun to me. So I don't know if I have like a this client would be just the ultimate, but all I think your clients just put a zero after it. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just more, yeah. just more money actually. Is well, the main thing. <laughs> in, well, yeah, I mean, truthfully though, like as you've talked about, the more you do this, the more you, you look at it that way with that, the statement about low hanging fruit with like stuff isn't worth it now that used to be <laughs> cool five years ago. Yeah. I can't, feed my daughter with free t-shirts from the coolest shop over somewhere who needs an Instagram (laughs) picture. You know what I mean? Like, that's just not worth my time anymore. So, yeah. Yeah. Like when you start you're like, man, just if I go work for this clothing company and so I'm just going to get my three cute friends and we're going to go out to Colorado, Well, which is fun stuff. But like, yeah, now it's like, I know I need actual money. Think of those (laughs) Yeah, you think of those companies and they aren't the ones who can pay for a full day rate. So that's who you want to work for, I think, right now. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Do you... uh, I don't know that there's a good answer in this question, so I'm going to ask it anyways, though. Um, Did you have, like, a lucky break? Or, like, are there moments that kind of, like, supercharged your career at some point? Or things Hmm. that you 
jobs maybe you got that you shouldn't have gotten? I mean, you've said a little bit of that with Lauren. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I don't think I've had any lucky breaks. I don't think I'm... Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> this podcast is probably going to be that. <laughs> put on the map, finally. Uh, uh, need to put me on the map first. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think I've had any lucky breaks. I just think that, like... I don't know. I, I think they're... Looking back, I think I wasn't qualified for some stuff that I've done or gotten. And I'm super <laughs> thankful that someone somehow decided <laughs> to pay me money to do something so terribly. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that's the kind of stuff where, like, you learn from it. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, do you have any, like, huge failures in your work that you can remember or that you can tell us without... You know, making mm. your customers mad or clients. Oh, let me think for, let me think for a hot second. Um, I don't remember. So one of the fun, so. one of the fun parts about early in our relationship was like, just our availability. Mm-hmm. So remember, we went down. You and I went down with Israel Lopez to um, Arizona, uh-huh. and. Okay, so one thing you need to know about Austin, guys, is that uh, this is how I introduce him to almost everybody. He is the best person that I know. Like, just, like, the most responsible, the kindest, the least judgmental, uh, the most reliable. So, like, um, there are friends of mine that I would not let mow my yard, even if they were, like, wanting to. Austin has mowed my yard before. He... If I'm driving through the middle of the night, I would trust him to drive through the middle of the night, where usually I drive all myself, you know? So there's there's some things about him that, like, he can just handle anything. So you and I, we went, we were driving through the night to go to White Sands mm-hmm. on our way up to Phoenix. So we were going to go way down. So I think you and I, we picked up Israel. <laughs> he slept all day. He slept. So we picked him up, I think it like, I thought we ate dinner with my sister at five. So I thought we, and that was seven hours away, so I thought we left at about 10 in the morning, we picked him up, and he immediately got in the car at 10 a.m. and fell asleep, Mm -hmm. and then slept through Kansas City, down into Fayetteville. We woke up, ate with my sister, and then I think he went back to sleep. He fell asleep again. So I did the first seven hours, then you made it to Texas, Mm -hmm. another seven hours, and then we, I think we ended up driving 22 hours straight. But, like, you and I each put in seven or something like that, so we were at 14, and then Israel just powered through the middle of the night, like, like came to at, like, one in the morning and was like, all right, it's my we're it's here. my time yeah. to shine. Yeah. And then he, I mean, I remember it was cold and windy. We were joking about it the other day. We saw, like, a uh, semi-truck on fire. We drove right by Area 51 in the middle of the night when it was freezing. Yeah. We drove to this town in Texas. I can't remember which one it was. But there were four overpasses in the town, and they were all iced over. And there was an accident with, like, three or four cops. And at each overpass. On each overpass. <laughs> and then it was great. we flew, like, Israel had a... I, that was, like, when the DJI Phantom first came out. And he flew <laughs> this Phantom and, like, hit it a tree. Literally we, just turned it on and... <laughs> didn't read a manual and just like turned it on and started flying and taking video and then so. it was amazing and he did it, his video even looked so good from that trip even yeah. though he didn't know what he was doing they're so good 
we uh, we went down there. I had like you model for me because between Israel and I and you, you were the best looking client. You're the best looking guy we got. Yeah. And they're in these pants that were way too baggy. I photoshopped the crap out of them to yeah. get them back to fit right. Just uh, me we went to the Sedona. Mm-hmm. We went up to uh, uh, Antelope Canyon, which was super cool. That to was do. cool. Uh, and then made it back through Durango. <laughs> okay, what? so we're going. We're we met up with our buddy Andy McKinley and Durango, and we were going to fish the San Juan. Mm-hmm. And Austin and I both fished a lot. And um, when you wear waders, there is usually a pocket in the chest, like the upper chest, that you can zip. And again, nothing in waders is like safe, but in theory, you could keep your phone it inside the waders and yeah. you'd be fine. Israel has never fished, nope. really, and definitely never nope. fished with waders. So the San Juan is this incredibly wide river. What do we say? It's like 100 it's, yards wide, maybe super, wider. Yeah, it's just meandering at the top. And it's about two to four feet deep the whole like yeah. the whole way across. So it is this absolutely massive river. And so you have to wear waders to get anywhere. And they come up, I mean, up to your chest. It's, you know, it's, it's I, I don't like fishing it. It's a weird piece of water for me. But you and I were both so excited to fish. Yeah. And so we, like, there was an extra pair of waders for Israel. He put them on, and then he, he was, like... He flew his drone around. He flew his drone around, and he was going to, like... We're like, hey, just just take some video of us while we're fishing, okay? He's like, okay. So we're fishing, and then he's like, hey, you know, is it okay if I put my phone in my pocket? The waders have pockets. So I said, yeah, because... Keep in mind, we were fishing. I wasn't so listening I to what he said. We don't care said. about what Israel's right. doing. <laughs> so he puts his phone in his pocket, and apparently his his he, waiters no. had hand pockets. Yes. Which they should never have. Waiters should never have a hand pocket. But but then what did he do? It was like an open pocket that he put his phone in the I think pocket. He had a zipper though. on the outside, the outside of the waiters, not the inside. And then he goes and walks like underwater for a while. No, he sat down because he wanted to see what it felt like. Oh, he's he sick. like Sorry. he like got in the water to see what it feels like to be in the water <laughs> and more. just completely, completely destroyed his phone. And this yep. was if you know this is six five years five six years ago yeah. when before they made him a little bit more waterproof. So he gets in there and we're like, we try to put his phone in a bag of rice and it's so far gone. And then our whole drive back from Durango, which is you know another fifteen sixteen hours. Like whoever's driving has to like let Israel log out of Facebook on hey, their can I borrow phones. your phone? Hey, for can a I borrow your phone? <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, so good. It was so good. Sorry, Israel. Sorry. <laughs> I don't have like that many like uh, incriminating stories of you because, like I said, you like you're like the the best dude, and you haven't made a lot of dumb decisions. We also had like a uh, fishing. There's a there's a stream that I love to fish called South Pine and um, it's about a mile hike into the stream it's like the coolest stream in the state of Iowa for brook trout and you and I went once and it was January 1st January 1st and it was like negative 10 10. degrees snowy so snowy and so you we drove we got up super early in the morning and drove up there to be up there what like Mm -hmm. 7 or 8 in the morning yeah so we probably left at four. Well, this is the first time we had ever tried to do this, too. Yeah, so we didn't actually know where we're going. So we stopped. I know I had walked it once, and mm-hmm. I had, like, overheated because it was too hot, and I never made it to the stream. <laughs> <laughs> so, you like, you have to walk around a field and then kind of down through this valley and then turn right and 
follow that for another quarter of a mile. So, again, I never, there aren't, I have never seen pictures of it. I didn't know at all what mm-hmm. it looked like or even how far you're supposed to go. So we walked in on it. And when you're in full winter clothes and there's no trail, I mean, we probably only made it halfway and then we're like, I don't we know. We were a little farther than halfway, I think. Yeah, after we were doing it again. And then we, um, we got there and they were like, or got about half, a little over halfway in and they were like, I don't know, let's just make some food. Or I think we like got out the, and we like cooked a little bit. Made red beans and rice. Red beans and rice. <laughs> <laughs> red beans and rice. Yes, we said that a lot. Um, yeah. and, and we just turned around. And that was about it. Then we walked out never, never and made it to never the stream that day. We made it there in the summer though. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the first time I went there in the summer, it was so good. I took, uh, some, our buddy Kev has some guided trips up there that you and I both worked as guides for. So the last time I was there, I took like three guys in with me and I went and I'm sitting down with, uh, like we get to the stream and I, uh, <laughs> I like grab my rod, put this fly on. And I'm like, let me show you what to do here. Threw this fly on like one cast, boom, fish, this beautiful brook trout just hits my fly land the fish it's like gorgeous i'm like here you try the guy two casts does the exact same thing and i just started laughing i was like i nope most <laughs> days can't catch a fish to save my life and for some reason right now when it matters today, i crushed <clears throat> today it. we killed it today we did so yeah. oh that was that's such a good one i'd okay. say that's one of my favorite places to go take pictures though oh it's so good it's so good up there yeah. i think that that's one thing that you and i so let, let's talk about this a few years ago when we were starting, um, we would go out fishing in the morning and it was always really beautiful. And I think you and I kind of made like a deliberate decision that what if we, um, I don't know. I, I feel like photography still for me is really competitive. Sorry, I have a lot of burps. Um, it's really competitive and I don't like that part about myself. And I don't like how I tend to treat other people because that, that I want to compete with. And so I had talked to you and we'd kind of come up with this idea to start something called morning shoots where we would just go out and shoot sunrise instead of, cause, cause the trend around here in Iowa is that like everyone shoots at sunset. Mm-hmm. So you book all your sessions, you know, an hour, hour and a half before sunset, you shoot the same stuff. But what we found was that like in the morning, it'd be like super foggy some days or like just the lighting tone would be way different. And so we were like, what if we just started going out in the morning, let's start a Facebook group and just inviting anybody and let's use it as a time just to practice and to shoot different people and shoot different ways and explore new spots. And so you and I went out a lot, a lot. And we, I mean, there were times it was just you and me. It'd be just you and me. Sometimes my dog, there'd be like mornings where it would be like eight girls and the two of us and then there'd be the next day it'd be like six guys and Mm -hmm. like it was just a and there were people that started coming that weren't photographers and a few models come here and there I mean it just it just always took a little bit of a different shape um but man I've got some really cool work yeah that we shot at sunrise and actually my brand shifted because I started shooting I started using that work to shop to custom to clients and say what if we shot your engagement photos at mm-hmm. sunrise instead of sunset? Yeah. And I've loved it. I had like some really great, really, really foggy stuff, which 
There's not, I mean, there's like seven days a year where it's foggy in yeah. Iowa. Yeah, when I tell my DMAC class that shooting at sunrise is a great idea, most of them are like, roll my roll their eyes at me and tell me that's stupid and ask how it's actually, is it actually different than sunset? And it's 100% different yeah. than sunset. And I think completely worth it. And the best time to be outside taking photos, for sure. I love it. And so... Technically, what you maybe you have more to add to this than me. Technically, I find that I want to be in place thirty minutes before sunset sunrise. Easy, yeah. So I have my phone set to sunrise and sunset times. So I will always just look at what what is sunrise time. So if it's seven thirty-two, I want to be in the spot, you know, mm-hmm. twenty minutes before that at yep. seven ten. Yeah. For when blue hour starts. Yep. And then. I think what we found too is that like, I'm trying to give people just like a teeny bit of technical information, like help, is that I think especially at the Sailorville spot, the sun would be coming up on the in the east, but if you have a subject that that first light hitting them, so actually facing pointing your camera west, yeah, was like the most beautiful. So it's just this blue light behind them, but just a little bit of. Soft, gorgeous, soft yellow yep. light on their face is so so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So I think I've really fell in love with that kind of light. And then as soon as the sun's up, it's like forty-five minutes after sunrise. You're like, all right, well, this is terrible. It's time to go take a morning nap. Yeah, exactly. Go drink coffee or something. Yeah, yeah. It gets kind of boring after that. No, I think I think for me, time of day is one way that you can control a session to make sure it will go well Mm -hmm. really like i know sometimes you have to shoot outside at noon in (laughs) on august 1st that's terrible but also if you can if you can have a body of work like you were saying show people how good it is people want that picture and i think that's one way that i've tried to like better my work is not worry as much about like how am I going to take this picture but everything else behind it the scheduling the outfits the you know what I mean all of those kinds of things and just being like communicating everything up front as much as possible to make sure it goes well how later how do you do that is that like through meetings do you have like email tools now or how how does how do you collect that and I mean go through it Whenever I meet with, let's just use a wedding client. If I meet with them, I'll meet with them in person to book. And if they want to like get together to go over more details later, great. But at that time, I try to like give them the rundown of how it should go, in my opinion. And I think like the way it ends up happening is, is hey, what when do you want your engagement photos? Cool, you want them in the winter with snow on the ground well we're not going to schedule anything when it then there's a blizzard i'm going to call you yep. and we're going to go take pictures like yeah. those sorts of things because if you schedule winter <laughs> photos for what's today january 6th yeah no snow. like there's no, no snow, snow and it's going to be terrible so yeah that's the sort of stuff where it's like uh, hey yeah scheduling your the blooms sessions yeah. or yeah. fall leaves in iowa it's like it literally it's like a four to six week window it yeah. could be in. 
call me the day before you want pictures and we'll probably yeah. be able to figure it <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, we can find some. So I think, I think I, the one bad part about doing this for so long is I might, I might be a little bit, uh, I don't know grumpy is the right word, <laughs> but just like I get how special photos are and I, I think they are incredibly important and special, but also like there has to just be enough of a chill with it to say, yeah, yeah, we're going to get the photos. It's, we're good. Let's just play it by ear in some situations. And I think that's what I try to convey up front with a lot of clients and say like, Hey, I'm not going to cancel our session because Monday it says rains in the forecast for Friday. Like half the time it's going to rain and then you're going to have the best sunset you've ever seen in your life, you know? So just trying to like, I think my demeanor of just being pretty calm and chill about things helps out a lot. You're, you're just like a yes man. And it's the yes. (laughs) And then with that, I feel like you're just, you're again, like we're saying, you're so technically good at making any situation really beautiful. I would say that your stuff is really like, um, very environmental portraiture you know, yeah. so it's like yeah. you just put people well, when in I, whatever space they are and you make that look great. Right, and it was when it first started, like, I would rather go take pictures and study, I have a degree in biology, so I would, like, rather go take pictures and study for stuff, and I just wanted to go take pictures outside, and that's how I got into photography, and then realized nobody will ever pay me for any picture I take of, like, <laughs> trees in Iowa yeah. enough to make a living. Yeah. And so then you start putting a person in that. And I think you can see through my style that, like, I I probably focus on the environment and where they are and what I'm seeing with, like, the greens or the shapes and things like that yeah. and put a person in it. Uh, and I think that's, like, probably a little backwards or different from most people. So Yeah. The, the cool thing that's happened in the tr- industry trend... So as the market's gotten oversaturated, the way that you can define is you're giving somebody more than what everybody else is. Mm -hmm. So when you're like actually a fun person or like, hey, let me take you on this adventure, I'll show you these crazy spots or this thing that's interesting. That's where you kind of get to stand out because you're doing something that um, that I'm not or that, you know, this guy over here is not doing. But that's the other thing is like, what sets you apart that's what you have to have you got to have that like that pull Mm -hmm. to get someone to hire you and that's getting harder and harder because i feel like i'm old enough that the generation of people getting married is not mine (laughs) and so it's harder to find those people but it seems like the younger generation of photographers and people who need photographers just want to like give each other piggyback rides and have their hair blowing in front of their face and not see who is actually in the picture. You know what I mean? Like, I I think one of my favorite things to do is scroll through Instagram or be like, I don't know who that guy is, but I hope it's her fiance. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. So I think for me, the poll is like, we're, if you don't want to hang out with me, that's the thing. Like if you meet with me and say, I don't want you I wouldn't want to hang out with you for an afternoon. Then, like, don't hire me as your photographer. <laughs> yep. Because it's literally all a photographer is. Yeah, you're paying for how I see the world. Mm-hmm. Comple- I mean, that's it. And and hopefully 
I'm good enough at my gear that my gear doesn't get in the way. Mm-hmm. But that's the... And so I think in some sense you want the maturity in a photographer is when your editing style matches what yeah. you want it to be. So yeah. like I like my colors to be relatively vibrant. I'm not really filmy. You know what I mean? It's yeah. thing, so that's how I edit. Totally. Um, I see the world vibrantly, <laughs> you know. Right. It's easier to see the world vibrantly too when you get up in the morning and the sunset's actually sunrise is actually like right pretty vibrant. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> That's good. Well, and I think I think too that like you at the beginning said I'm a more technical photographer. And the reason that is is because I am not like you and I can't put something on my computer and make it look like what it needs to. That is not my strong suit. And so I think, like, huh. that's, I think that's how you can make pictures. I'm not saying you're not a good photographer, Justin. You can, you can. I'm not saying like that at all. Good. But I'm saying that, like, I see it as a worrisome thing to, like, oh, crap, I'm going to have to fix this later. <laughs> what if I can fix it now yeah. and don't have to do it where I'm less confident in front of a computer? Is that make, if that makes, that makes any sense. sense. That makes total sense. So... Yeah. yeah, because there are guys that, like, shoot sloppy just because they know they're going to take it in and fix it. Right. There are people that love to sit in front of their computer and edit. Yeah. You know, I like to automate it, and I like to edit it a bit, but I want to edit, like, one image from the session, not, right. like, not 250. Right. I mean, and I think the perfect example of that is, like, you shot, you shoot stuff for Salon W perfectly and then still have to do those things, and now it's on a 15 foot wall yeah. in the back. You know what I mean? Like you do it start to finish really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. That's the goal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that the, I've thought through you and me and like stylistically how we relate because we spent a lot of time together for a while. Mm-hmm. And I mean, one, I'm just a more aggressive person than like just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> significantly louder, things like that. I think to that um you like you use the word natural but you're so good at that you're so good at kind of letting it come to you and and being reassuring um and you saw how I interacted with people so it's like I know that you're you're so capable of doing anything um but that isn't you um I think that I fight uh I think currently right now your your style is a little trendier than mine Mm. yeah but I do think that I like fight for epicness. Like you make like ordinary yeah. look so beautiful where I might be, like I said, like I might be a little bit better salesman. So I somehow convince the couple to walk all the way up the mountain to shoot it there. Yeah. So I might be able to get them in like maybe a physically cooler location and then not shoot it as well as you would have <laughs> shot it. You know what I mean? But I gave us maybe a better starting point. Yeah. Where you're willing to walk into a situation and not, not affect and mess with the situation. So it's like my presence is known when I'm the photographer. Mm. Where you're able to like hang back and not really be a part of it, but photograph it very beautifully. Is sure. that is that yeah, fair? I think so. Yeah. I think your commercial work naturally is more technical. I'm capable of shooting it that way. You just don't want to. I don't really want to, yeah. You don't want to, like, sit there and take 1,700 photos of, like, the same thing just so you can move a chair. Correct. And some of that is because I never 
consistently rented a studio space that's only mine. Mm -hmm. So I've never like really gotten comfortable in a studio space where I have home court advantage where I can just like set it up. <coughs> Sorry. Set it up and then tweak it a little bit, tweak it a little bit, tweak it a little bit. Yeah. Where I'm I'm just such an extrovert and so dependent on people for my energy. Yeah. Well, I mean, that reminds me of the time we went and shot in the Meredith Studios for that cover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. So I, Meredith, uh, Midwest Living booked me for a job and they didn't tell me what I was doing. And so like two or three days before I was like, Hey, you guys still need me. And they're like, yeah. yeah. I said, Oh, okay. And they said, just be here this day. So I, I literally didn't know where to park or anything. So I called you up and asked you to assist because I assisted there. A bunch. Yeah. So you knew how to, like, you literally knew where to park or how to get me in. And it turns out when I got there, they're like, well, you know what we're shooting, right? And I was like, I have no idea. They're like, oh, we've got a model and we've got dogs. <laughs> like, oh, okay. So from what I, my understanding is, is a lot of the people that work on staff at Meredith don't like people or animals. They like the control of the studio and they mm. like to micromanage every teeny little element. And so... I think that I got the job because nobody else wanted it. And they're like, well, who can shoot people okay? Yeah. And animals. But I have no, in nowhere in my portfolio have I ever had animals. Yeah. So I don't know. I, guess. I think we needed to have like two or three more lights. <laughs> yeah. Um, a few of those different things. We were fine. It, it turned out really great. Okay. Well, we're going to hit part two here in a moment. But uh, Austin, how can we find you on social media? Uh, use my middle name. Which is Hyler, so use you can find me anywhere by searching Austin Hyler, H Y L E R. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining me today here, and we'll hit you with part two in a moment. <laughs>